Yud Chet Kislev. There we go. Yud Chet Kislev. <laughs> We're going to try it again. Third time's the charm. Yud Chet Kislev Tafshin Pei. Coming to you live from the headquarters of Ariel Tours in New York, I'm Mayor Weingarten. Welcome to the Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. Great Ariel Zilber with Ufaratsta opens things up on this live, live, I tell you, edition of the Israel Show. Welcome in one and all. We're here each and every Monday, immediately following JM in the AM, which translates to 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Israel Time, and around the world, wherever you are, whatever time it is, that's the time we're on. Write it down so you don't forget. Or, if you did forget, you're more than welcome to listen to us on demand, yes, whenever you want. I mean, how many things in life can you just do whenever you want? And this is one of them. (laughs) This and every show on the Nachum Siegel Network can be listened to on demand via the Nachum Siegel Network app, 
available for free on the iPhone and Android platforms and on NahumSiegel.com website. Our Facebook page, facebook.com slash the Israel Show, we post a list of links to YouTube videos of the songs that we play during the show, if they're available, and almost always are. And so you can listen to these songs whenever you want, at your leisure. And we also post links to things we discuss. So, for example, last week, very popular post, we um, put up a link to um, President Trump introducing the Shalva Band after his speech at a recent convention. And then after the beautiful scene, after the uh, Shava band sang God Bless America with uh, President Trump hugging them all, posing for pictures, it was just beautiful, encouraging the crowd to give them applause. It was, it was really very, very special. Um, so that's a good reason for you to... Um, we, we, we won't inundate you with stuff, so you can just feel very comfortable to uh, like the Israel Show page. Facebook.com slash The Israel Show, one long word. On today's show, we're going to share with you the insights brought out in the first episode of, uh, I think it's a four-part series presented by Amit Segal on Israel Channel 12 News, where he um, uses the video archive of the news going back in time to the early years and then later on to the current years of Netanyahu to bring insights into what drives Netanyahu. How do we unwrap this, this person that has been so successful at uh, winning elections for um, the Israel premiership. And uh, there's some interesting insights we'll share with you. And also we'll share with you, we translated in a short article, but important article, written by Hanoch Daum, who's a well-known public figure in Israel. And he takes a very interesting uh, uh, approach to the entire Gilad Shalit story, and it, it also has a personal angle to it. So, being that it echoes a lot of what we have said over time, we felt that um, we'd share with you this idea, these thoughts, from uh, somebody else's perspective of, as well. Lots of music, other things to come. We'll talk, if we have time, about the uh, upcoming elections, which... Um, Everyone is calling Groundhog Day based on the movie back in, when was it, the 90s, I guess, the 80s, where um, Bill Murray had a role where he would wake up every morning and just the same day over and over and over again. So that's the way they're portraying it in the Israeli media. It's like that movie Groundhog Day, another election, another election. We're going to go through the countdown now. We're going to go through the horrible mess of um, months of fractious um, conversation, if you will, in the Israeli Israel's public uh, arena, and uh, nobody wants it, but it's going to happen anyway.
I guess somebody wants it. So all that and more coming up on this edition of The Israel Show. Thank you so much for tuning in, making us a part of your week. Tell your friends, tell your relatives, tell anyone who's interested. From this past week's Parsha, an instant modern classic, Yonatan Rozel with Katonti. My name is Mayor Weingarten. You are tuned to The Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network.
Great Yonatan Razel with uh, another one of his uh, amazing instant classics, Katonti, from the Parsha that we uh, just read. Uh, what was it, two days ago? <laughs> yes. My name is Mayor Weingarten. You're tuned to the Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. We're going to discuss uh, some of the election news and... Um, as promised, we'll discuss Amit Segal's um, first episode of several of his uh, news series called Yemei Binyamin, Analyzing Binyamin Netanyahu. I want to read to you from um, a, a small write-up of Israeli public figure, I guess you could say. He's a journalist, he's a writer, he appears on television as well. Very interesting <clears throat> person. Hard to be put into any box, if you will. His name is Hanoch Daum. Um, just to give you an idea of his background, he grew up in the Golan Heights. His father was the Rav of the Yeshuv in the Golan where they grew up. His father was also the Rav of, I believe it was Tenuva. And he would travel long, long journeys from the Golan to Tnuva, which was in the central area of Israel, in order to uh, give the Hashgacha. His father died when he was young, something that had a tremendous um, impact on his life. He went to high school at uh, the high school of Merkaz Harav, Yeshivat Merkaz Litzi'irim, was in the army service and has now as they say in Israel removed his kippah but like many people in Israel today and many public figures as well they are somewhere in between religious and secular and I uh, he's he's an enigma but he's a fascinating person really interesting um, person that I enjoy following both uh, his writings and his uh, appearances on TV and so forth he's been very successful as a stand-up comedian who fills halls in Israel um, on a regular basis so Yediot Achronot started a, a series where they have asked people who write in the newspaper to comment or other figures to comment on um, past cover pages of the paper. For example, when Natan Sharansky, Anatolia at the time, was released, it was a big, huge front page dedicated to that, and they asked Natan Sharansky to, to give some insight, to give share his thoughts about that, what, what he thinks of when he sees that cover page of Yediot Achronot. So, Hanoch Daum writes about his feelings as he looks at the cover page the day after Gilad Shalit was released in the trade, the deal made with Hamas, between the Israeli government and Hamas, 
in which Israel released over 1,000 Hamas terrorists, prisoners, to get back Gilad Shalit, one person. And that was a deal that was, I think everybody knows about it, in part because there was a major campaign that um, carried on for well over four years, probably five years, of his uh, kidnapping and his uh, sitting in captivity, this campaign, which was um, orchestrated by the family and and people who uh, were connected with the Gilad Shalit family, a, a PR campaign, very savvy, which convinced the Israeli public, which got them, which got the Israeli public to pressure the Israeli government to do whatever needs to be done to get Gilad Shalit released. Doesn't matter what they're asking, do it. Um, and we have spoken about it here on the show. I've given you my opinion over time about the deal. But it's interesting to see the perspective of somebody who was part of the PR campaign. Not officially, but because he cared about Gilad Shalit, he bought in to this um to, to to this public campaign that was um made to convince Israelis that whatever it takes do whatever it takes to free Gilachalit. And he writes about it. I've translated it, it's my translation. So if there's any problems with it, it's my fault. I've translated the Hebrew into English because I really think it's interesting to hear his take as a person who is part of the media and the celebs, if you will, who participated in in, uh, in in that campaign. A few months after Gilad Shalit returned from captivity, writes Chanoch Daum, I asked someone I knew from the committee to release Gilad Shalit if Gilad Shalit already had a girlfriend. And now I'm just reminding you on the side, me, mayor, that one of the uh, slogans that was used continuously, repeated over and over and over again, was Gilad Shalit, who haben shel kulanu. He's all of our sons. He's all of our son. He's the son of all of us. Everybody has a Gilad Everybody has a kid in the army. It could be your son. So that was part of their campaign. And so he, so he tells about how he approached this... Um, member of the committee to release Gilad Shalit after the release, well after the release a few months, and he asked if he has a girlfriend, I can't tell you anything of a personal nature, she replied what do you say? suddenly he's not the child of all of us when Gilad Shalit was held hostage by Hamas, writes Hanoch Dam I thought about him a lot, I was obsessed with his condition I imagined him in a dark dungeon in Aza, being tortured by the terrorists I participated in the Shalit family's public protests, writing repeatedly that Israel needed to make a deal with Hamas to release him. I even went along with other celebs in a publicity campaign to sit in a virtual captivity in a dungeon-like room set up in a television studio in an attempt to convey to the people of Israel the for them to imagine what Gilad Shalit's fate is like. Well, now we know that Shalit was, in actuality, kept in a pretty comfortable apartment in Aza, watching soccer games, listening to the radio, while I sat in a completely dark 
studio. Setting aside the circumstances of his kidnapping, a dubious event, and I am not the one, writes Hanoch down, to boast about the role of an IDF fighter. I mean, I could have been kidnapped by a fax machine. There is something else I realized over the years. The Israeli media and I have a big part in this really bad deal. We played with the public's emotions. We backed the family unconditionally while silencing any opposition. It was a one-sided media carnival, harnessing all our power in support of a scandalous deal of capitulation. Baruch Mizrahi's children lost their father at the hands of a killer released in the Shalit deal. A terrorist, part of the cell that murdered Dani Gonenzal, was also released in the Shalit deal. Many of those released from Israeli prisons returned to their way of terror. And the really sad part is that these results could have been, and I am adding, should have been understood and foreseen. But we didn't want to see the reality. We ignored the fact that murderers who received seven life sentences were released. We ignored the fact that the publicity that we were part of raised the price that Israel had to pay. And by the way, I will add that Prime Minister Netanyahu begged the families not to carry on this kind of campaign. He said over and over and over again, the more you make public outcry, the other side sees how much pressure you're putting on us. They price constantly goes up. That's the difficulty of negotiating with terrorists. But nobody wanted to listen. Back to Hanoch Daum. Instead of pressuring the military to find Shalit's location, we pressed the members of the government to surrender. He also writes that Amos Gilad, a well-known military person, still today claims that this was possible. It was possible to find, ultimately, if we would have really pushed to find his location and and, uh, mount a rescue operation. The headline on the day of his release, big banner headline with a picture of Gilad Shalit on the front page saluting, the headline states that we salute Shalit. What exactly should we salute? Meaning, I'm saying, what was his heroism? Continues down, and let there be no mistake, I have no personal problem with the guy. He's a nice, quiet boy. But I have a problem with how my friends and I in the media were or behaved during his time in captivity. It was not journalism. It was a PR campaign. Hanach Dam writing in Yediot Achronot last week. As someone who took part in this PR campaign that we've decried and spoken about many times, and how he sees, how he sees it now. Going to another subject, Yigal Bashan passed away about a year ago, and in his memory, a lot of things are happening. 
the Israeli singer passed, well, committed suicide, we should say. He was, uh, he, he suffered from depression. And uh, all the attempts to help him didn't work. So two things that we have that we're going to share with you hopefully today, if not the next week. One is a song that he already recorded, but that did not come out in his lifetime, was just released. It's called Tabitibi. Look at me. I believe it's a song about his um, his daughter when she was a little baby. And the other is um, an album that's being put out by various artists where each one of them will um, have a cover of a popular Yigal song. So one that came out last week, Sivan, very famous hit of his, is being uh, covered by Idan Amedi, Im Haiti Sharlach Shoim Shel Yigal Bashan. So first we're going to do Tabiti B. My name is Mayor Weingarten. You are tuned to the Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. Tabitibi <laughs> Thank <laughs> you. 
Galbashan, released posthumously by his family and friends, WTB. My name is Mayor Weingarten. You are tuned to the Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. This just came in over the uh, headline wires from Israel. Intel has announced another exit for an Israeli company. Intel will be purchasing a company called Habana Labs. H-A-B-A-N-A Labs, as in laboratory. It's a company that makes artificial intelligent chips. It was founded in 2016, which means the company is three years old. And it's being purchased by Intel for $2 billion. It's crazy. Thank God. Thank God, Israel continues to be a high-tech powerhouse, a high-tech superpower, we should say, in the world. That was just in. I'm sure you'll hear more about it if you're in touch with Israeli news. So as we um, are now at the beginning of um, round three of Israeli elections... Amit Segal, I think unquestionably the leading analyst, journalist, analyst of the Israeli of Israeli politics, released and is in the process of releasing a series of TV segments, long segments. I think uh, they're like 30, 40 minutes each about Netanyahu, called Yemei Binyamin. The Days of Benjamin. It's a takeoff on, I think, on a song called Yemei Binyamina. And um, the first edition appeared yesterday. There's already a lot of feedback about it. And as Amit Segal has said uh, now a few times in different uh, radio appearances during the day today, don't judge it just by one episode. Wait. Wait till uh, you see the entire series to comment. And I'm not commenting, but I want to share with you some of the insights that he that he shared last night. And uh, it's a very good series. It's on Chachot Shtemesre, News 12. They have an app um, where you can watch for free the news um, segments the news which is on at 1 p.m. U.S. time, 8 p.m. Israel time. So, he starts off in this episode, five rules that Netanyahu learned during his first stint as Prime Minister, which he then corrected and uh, as a result helped him stay in power for all this time. So his first rule is stick 
well, I'm gonna I'm gonna call it stick with those the one who the the one the answer the one who brought you or something like that in English. I don't remember exactly the way the uh, the idiom in the states is, but in Hebrew it's lechim hashutafim hativim. Go with your natural partners. And it's interesting, who are his natural partners? The Haredim, the religious Zionists, Shas, the Sephardic Haredim, and the Likud, and within the Likud, the Eidot HaMizrach, those with a background from northern um, North Africa and Mesopotamian area, Iran, Iraq, and so forth. And he points out that Bibi is just the opposite of all these. He's Ashkenazi. He's secular. He's rich. He grew up in the leftist stronghold of Rehavia. He still lives in Rehavia, meaning besides the Prime Minister's home, which is on the border of Rehavia. And with all that, he's so popular in the Haredi community without being Haredi, in the Russian community without being an Oleh, not having a Kippasuga yet being very popular in the religious Zionist world. What combine? What brings these together? Well, in many cases, it's this feeling of we've been overlooked. Many, especially the um, Mizrahi and the Russians, feel like they've been overlooked. They've been ignored by the powers that be, and Netanyahu gives them a feeling that he too has been ignored by the powers that be. His father... Oliver Shalom passed away recently at a very uh, advanced age. His father was a revisionist, was uh, someone who was very helpful to Jabotinsky, worked on his, uh, at his side. He was a historian. His father was never accepted, never got a professorial seat at the Hebrew University. And part of the narrative that Netanyahu always creates, always repeats, is that this was because he was from the right. He was a member of the Jabotinsky, the Chayrut, the Begin group. And that was not appreciated and not recognized, if you will, by Mapai and those who ran the establishment in Israel at the time. Um, but he points out, Amit Segal, in this series, that Netanyahu made a few mistakes over the time and then he corrected himself. For example, when he was Minister of Finance under Sharon's government, he cut aid that went to poor families and families with many kids, which really hurt the Haredi population. So he brings a quote of Netanyahu's from that period, 2003 and thereabouts, I don't think that a family that doesn't have means, poor family, should have 12 or 14 kids. Which was amazing for him to say that. He's going to get, you know, he's going to get in trouble with the Haridim. 
And then in April 20, 2003, he said, quote, we are allowing entire populations of Israel, we're getting them used to the fact that they're going to live off of, off of the public dole. Them, their children, their grandchildren, they're not going to work. They're getting used to just taking. And then later, once they're used to it, if you say, wait, we have to change this, oh, they come in and attack you. Oh, you're, you're um, not being socially just. We need to have more, what they call now, income equality. And I say, Netanyahu said back then, we are doing the right thing. We are doing social justice by forcing people to not live off the public dole. Well, after that period of time that he was um, finance minister, he lost the, ne- the, the election that followed. And he learned from that. He's got to stick with the ones who brought them to dance with those who brought you. And the next thing is, rule number two, stay in the right lane, meaning right wing politically. When he just was elected in 1996 for his first term, right after Oslo, he had two issues. One is he agreed to Israel withdrawing from, from most of Hebron. And then at the Y agreement, he was pressured into agreeing to withdraw from 13% more of Yudan Shamron. At that time, the Yesha Council, those who represent the uh, Jews in Yudan Shamron, said, Benjamin Netanyahu no longer represents us, no longer is the leader of the, of the um, nationalist camp in Israel. He learned all that. And today you will find him at least declaratively always supporting the right. The third rule, don't allow your competition from within to grow too big. Identify those in your party that pose the greatest threat to you and keep them down. He learned this lesson from the first government that he established. He gave the major big jobs, Minister of Finance, Minister of Foreign Affairs, Minister of Defense. He gave them to Dan Meridor, to David Levy, to Yitzhak Mordechai. And they all ended up resigning and using the position that he gave them to revolt against him. What does he do now? He's learned his lesson. He keeps the important portfolios to himself. So he's the minister of, well, he was for a long time minister of defense, and he's the minister of foreign affairs, and he's, <laughs> and he's the minister of, uh, of health, and so forth and so on. And he, do, and he gives people in the Likud that have the possibility of being uh, future leaders, he gives them all inconsequential portfolios that, uh, you know, like uh, the Minister of uh, Intelligence or something like that. Rule number four. And this is the last one we're going to cover. 
labeling. And we see the same in U.S. politics. And it's important for us to be aware of this because what happens is we fall for this time and again, branding the competition with a negative name and keep repeating the branding, whether true or not. In Israel, you, you call someone smolani, a leftist. Mishichist means he's, he's like, he's constantly seeing messianic tendencies within the history of the state of Israel and has that influence his day-to-day policy decisions. That's a big no-no for the left. If you call someone a mishichi, then, then, then he will be branded at, at, with a black mark in the left. You call him Kahanist, anybody who ever had anything nice to say about Mayor Kahana is branded as a Kahanist. And again, it doesn't matter what is true and what is not. So someone like Betzalel Smutrich, who's a very smart guy, he's done a lot of good in his, uh, in, his life, in his young life so far, is being branded by the left as a guy who wants to force us all to live under the rule of halacha. Why? Because at one time, in in a speech that he made in Merkaz Harav, and he shouldn't have made the speech because it was a, a public pronouncement that was being recorded, he said, I wish that we would be able to return to the times of King David and have a state run by halacha. That's a, something that you can say in a nuanced way to a, a crowd that understands what you're getting at, not when it's recorded and being uh, broadcast to everybody, who will then take what you said and misconstrue it. And now Smotrich is the, um, he's he's the label now. You're going to be a Smotrich. Well, Netanyahu did the same. So, for example, in this last elections... He kept calling the left, he kept calling, excuse me, Kacholavan, small chalash, a weak left. Now, who's in Kacholavan? Four former chiefs of staff. You can say whatever you want, I'm not a big supporter, but to call them the weak left is hard sell. But if you say it over and over again, over and over again, over and over again, it sticks. Small chalash, small chalash, small chalash. This is a horrible type of branding, and I think it's terrible here in the United States. It is being used over and over again, this system. Israel, unfortunately, learned it from the United States political system, and it's something that will end up hurting us. Wow. Because the public, and we've spoken about this a few weeks ago, the public discourse will just continue to go down and down and down in a country, whether it's the United States or Israel, but especially Israel, where we need to be united in order to survive. So those are four of the points that he makes in in the first of the series next week, hopefully on the Israel show. We'll share with you some of the insights um, that were shown on the rest of the series that was presented by Amit Segal 
on uh, Channel 12 News in Israel. Here is uh, the song we promised you, Idan Amedi singing Sivan, a cover of a very popular song that was uh, made famous by Yigal Bashan, whose uh, yard site is coming up soon. My name is Mayor Weingarten. You are tuned to The Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. Very different take on the classic song. The song originally is very quick um, Greek kind of music. And um, that was originally by Yigal Bashan. Idan Amedi covers it, re records it in a totally different style, but very beautiful. 
nonetheless. My name is Mayor Wangar, and you're tuned to the Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. We've been reading, and this is interesting, sharing with you as we try to always share with you news about what uh, what's doing on Har Habayit, the Temple Mount. We've been reading reports that over the last few days, there's been a change in the attitude toward Jewish prayer on Har Habayit. Now, again, we haven't spoken about this for a while, so I'm going to add here that many rabbinic authorities rule that we should not go up to Harabayit, but many rabbinic authorities rule that we can, and not only can we, but it is a mitzvah to do so, in order that uh, the Arabs do not do on Temple Mount whatever they feel like. It has to be done in a halachic way. There are a lot of details. So if you want to look into it, you can. and But you must do so with the guidance of uh, somebody whose understanding of all the halachic requirements that go with it. And go up there only with somebody who understands the different borders where one can or cannot go because there are areas that are obviously not permissible for us to um, to walk on. Having said that, it has been the policy, and this was a policy unfortunately set by Israel, uh, uh, speaking about small halash, by the Israeli government way back in 1967 upon the uh, liberation of Har Habayit, to allow the Arabs full control over Har Habayit, except sovereignty and security control, which means Israeli police. But other than that, everything there is set by the the Muslim group that controls it, <clears throat> called the Waqf. And part of that was that there would be Jews allowed, would be allowed to visit Harabayit, but not to daven on Harabayit, not to pray on Harabayit. We've spoken about this many, many, many times in great detail. So we're cutting it short here just to give you the news that it seems that there is a change in attitude. Let's see what happens. But it seems that prayer is now allowed and that uh, there are videos coming out of people on Har Habayit, Jews, rabbis, who uh, are praying and not being dragged away by the police, which was the practice until now. So I don't know how widespread this is, whether these are individual cases or not, but it's something um, that we should definitely uh, keep, keep an eye on, and I will continue to do so on your behalf. Okay? Okay. Bells Pogesh Tizmarit, Yonatan Razel, my name is Mayor Weingarten. You are tuned to the Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. Oh, yeah. 
Yonatan Razel, Bells Pogesh Tizmoret. Here on the Nachum Siegel Network, my name is Mayor Weingarten. You're tuned to The Israel Show. You know, uh, it's funny how different idioms um, come about in different languages. In modern Hebrew, many, many, many of the idioms in Israel used by religious and secular alike come from the Jewish sources. For example, a friend of mine recently came upon a legal document. This is an American who's making Aliyah, came upon a legal document that was addressed to whom it may concern, and in Israel, to whom it may concern is the Holman Debai, which is a, an expression from the Gemara, <laughs> meaning to whom it may concern. Um, and he was just blown away by that, that this Gemara expression is uh, used as a legal term in Israel. Another example, which you'll often find is journalists who will say, um, I want to make this very clear, so without knowing necessarily all the background of where that comes from, but when you want to say, I want to be very specific, you say, which you can look up in uh, two weeks ago's parsha where, uh, in Vayetze, where Yaakov says to Lavan Anyway, um, so recently we were talking about Groundhog Day, the idea of the same thing going over and over and over again, uh, repeating itself as uh, the theme of these third ra- round three of elections. So I went, wanted to see what Groundhog Day is called in in Israel, in Hebrew. And in, in Israel it's called Lakum Etmol Baboker. Now, where does that come from? Well, there's a song, which we'll end the show with, of Naomi Shemer, called the Chagiganig Meret. And that song is about, you know, the party is over, we have to wake up tomorrow morning and start all over again. Lakum machar baboker So, Lathil Mibereshit is an idiom, a Torah idiom in and of itself, right? Start again, start from the beginning, we start from Bereshit, when we read the Torah. But, Lakum machar baboker, and here... Tomorrow morning, and here the movie's name is Lakumet Mobaboker, to wake up yesterday in the morning and repeat the day all over and over and over again. So uh, I found that very cute. I thought you would too, and I'm going to end off with that song, uh, sung by Yoram Gaon. Not before we say thank you for tuning in. Thanks for all your Facebook likes and comments. Thanks to the staff of the Nachum Siegel Network, and my very special thanks as always to Nachum Siegel. Coming up. On the Nachum Siegel Network, Yoni Pollock with After Further Review, covering the latest in the world of sports. And then Novik now, Jake Novik, with uh, great insights into the stories of the day. And then the Monday Music Marathon continues here on the Nachum Siegel Network. Until next Monday, immediately following JM and AM, this is Mayor Weingarten reminding you that nice guys do not finish last. They're just running in a different race. Lashi 
בראשית, Thank <laughs> you. 